0: The Bondcast. How are you? Welcome. We have a pretty heavy podcast for you today. Um, It's pretty real, pretty heavy, pretty raw. I talk about my drinking and my struggles with trying to get sober. And I have an amazing, amazing chat with the one and only Dean Blundell, formerly of 102.1 The Edge, also the Fan 590. And now he is uh, the guy on the Dean Blundell podcast And the Dean Blundell Network. He answers a lot of cool questions. um, Stuff that I never even knew the answers to as a fan of his for 20 years. What happened with him and Todd? What happened with him getting fired? What happened with him at the fan? He answers it all. And not only that, he has some pretty honest and true words for me, for himself, for everybody. And I think you'll really enjoy this podcast Like I said, it's heavy. I cried. Dean made fun of me for it, but all in a good way. And I really do believe you will enjoy this Bond cast. It was. It was uh, was pretty fascinating to do. It um, is one of my more special ones. And I think you'll really enjoy it. So let's get to it. It's Dean Blundell and me, Bonzi, and we have a pretty real honest cool chat. And I am forever thankful for him and that chat. And uh, I listen to it here and there, but it's hard because, you know, for so many reasons. Uh, But overall, it's a really good message. It's a great interview and I think you'll enjoy it. Let's go. You know, I've told the story where a year and a half ago, I, I prayed to die. I literally went to bed and prayed to die. Like a God or whatever higher power, save a baby, save a kid. Take, take this. I was a fat, out of shape, broken down, dark plug who fucking hated himself. Hated himself. True story. And now, I posted it today. I, I, I am thankful to be alive. Cause God, God knows we, uh, I told three stories of them on, uh, on my last show. Um, I should not be on this planet and I'm thankful to be here. And, and I'm thankful that I haven't, uh, stepped that dark into the dark side because it's dried, believe me, you, um, and it's not a cool place to be in anyways. And now look at me. I, pr- I don't pray to die anymore. I pray to live forever and ever. I pray that that champion behind me lives forever. Me and him have so much more to accomplish and do. It's just, it's a, I'm, I feel like a brand new person. I started attending AA meetings. It's no secret. We talked about it on Dean's show today. And, um, I, 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 since my first two meetings, I have broken or whatever, fallen off the wagon. I wrote the hardest blog I've ever written and, and about dying. And I didn't realize, even though I talked about it and we laughed about it last podcast or show, whatever you call us. Um, writing it out and in, in, in each an individual step, posting the pictures with it. I felt like I relived the whole goddamn moment and it was really hard for me. And anyways, it took me seven, eight, eight hours to write. And about halfway through, I was—I broke down. I, I failed myself a little, which is okay. It's okay from what I'm told in the meetings from Dean and my friends who, who are uh, also in AA, and I won't mention their names. It's AA for a reason. <laughs> um, but they've helped me, and I understand they're like bonds. It took me 15, 20, 30 tries before it actually worked, worked. And listen, I'm up to about 15 to 20. You know, it's an odd and easy process. And I'm happy to talk about it and share my honest feelings. And it's it's hard. I really, really want to quit drinking. And I talked about it on Dean's Pod today because uh, he was throwing me some kudos, which is awesome. And he really has helped me. And we'll get into that in a bit. But when he's on. But listen, the hardest thing for me is, is is me (laughs) you know you're gonna you're gonna fail sometimes you're gonna fuck up and it's okay that's what i i need to understand but i beat myself up incessantly like like literally beat myself up i want to fight myself in the mirror i won't even look at myself if i if i when I had that drink i I was so mad at me for having that a sunday when i posted the, the 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 post and it took all I could to write that thing. It took 24 hours from start of writing it to the end of writing it. And I failed. I drank only one bottle, but you know what? That's success in itself. And that's what I have to understand because lo and behold, I could have drank two or three bottles that night. I was in a, I was ready to go. I could have easily gotten an Uber paraded down to the closest bar, which I'm not afraid to do and have done before. And got absolutely obliterated and smashed shots and be proud of myself for it because I accomplished something. You wrote that blog. Way to go, man. Another shot. Another shot. Let's go. Fuck yeah. Now, one bottle. Hiccup. Yes. Was I upset with myself? Yes. Will it happen again? Most likely. I hope not. I work every day. And that's what my new model is one day at a time. I have a tattoo on my arm. It's from Gord Downey. And it says, it's a good life if you don't weaken. And you know what? It's a pretty good life if you do weaken too. You just have to take it in moderation. And don't beat yourself to death like I do. Um, I'm a work in progress. I will be until the day I die. I have a problem. I am an alcoholic. I am Greg Bond. I'm an alcoholic. Hardest words I ever said on that first meeting. Ah, I joke about it. I've told myself 100 times. I oh, yeah, yeah, fat fuck alcoholic. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Hilarious. Say it to a group of strangers in a meeting. When those words ring through your own brain, you go, holy shit. Hardest thing I ever did. It's the truth. Hardest thing I ever did was go on that first appearance at AA and say, hi, I'm Greg Bond, and I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't see that coming. Give me one more second. (sighs) A great show coming up for you tonight, like I said. Uh, Dean's coming on. Alcohol is a struggle, folks, and I'm struggling. Every day I wake up and it's the first thing I think about is, fuck, I hope I don't, I don't want to drink when I wake up, but I just hope and pray that I don't end up calling Uber, calling the grocery delivery guy for fucking bottle of wine, you know, some seltzers, beer, it's hard, it's hard. um yeah so anyways without further ado i'm gonna roll to my notes because old gramps made it to the show Here he is, there he is I,
1: oh dude
0: <laughs> I, just had,
1: I was sitting backstage watching you cry like a simp
0: it's hard, dude i i didn't <laughs> see that coming you know but you know sometimes being honest and and as real as i am is really hard and uh it it hits me hard sometimes you know
1: yeah yeah, dude, it, it's a tough fucking thing for people, right? Like when you want to make your life better and you know you got to cut something out that you've been doing for 30 years. Not easy.
0: Not easy at all. And and there was a time, dude, where I was able to 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 dial it back and not drink for a month or or two or three. And right. and it was it was no problem. Not anymore. Yeah. And, and now it's a problem and I can't I can't just shut it off like I used to. And so
1: here we are. I got questions for you then. Um, never have I been a host or guest on this podcast. Hey, I'm really happy to have me, but, um, I got questions for you. So, so what, what is it that makes you want to not drink anymore? Because it, it, drinking's drinking. I mean, you know, like people can, I, I know lots of people that drink. I was at a, a dinner party tonight with a family that, that, um, you know, they're having drinks and, uh, I, I, obviously I don't drink because I I quit drinking, but you know, when you're in this and I, and I know the answer because I went through it, right. It's, it's, it's less about, for me, it's less about, you know, me saying I'm an alcoholic or I need to stop drinking and saying, hold it. I got to take what's between me and my mental and physical health like the thing that's between me being successful in life and I need to move it to the side. Right. And that's what I want to know about you. I mean, was it because you've kind of dabbled with it? We've talked about it. We've had great conversations about quality of life, not just drinking. Right. Like we've had conversations yep. about ability. Um, but what is it for you that said, I need to get help or I need to get the control of this area of my life. It started years ago.
0: It it started when I got diagnosed with PTSD and then, uh, not long after that diagnosis, I took off to England to go and surprise my parents. And part of that trip was for me. I lugged my clubs along and was going to go treat myself to a round at St. Andrews. Uh, we both have a passion for golf. And, um, whilst on that trip, I got really sick and, uh, I, I almost, you know, I, I looked at the trip as an entire waste of time. And I was so mad I didn't get to fulfill my time at St. Andrews, go play golf. And I was ended up, I ended up stuck in a hospital for 24 plus hours with my dad who sat there the entire time. And anyway, in that time, dude, a doctor came to me and we had a serious conversation about how much I drink. and I, and And I was really sick and I didn't know what was going on we that the doctors didn't know what was going on and so i was honest about everything and i was honest in front of it in front of my dad mm-hmm. and that conversation with that doctor in front of my dad was hard yeah and it sounded wrong and, and my dad is not a drinker they my, my mom and dad don't drink so that first scared me and the doctor said if you continue the way you're drinking son you're gonna have a fucking problem is
1: that why you're in the hospital because you, you, you drank too much? No, you- it
0: wasn't. I ended up having Legionnaire's disease, which I caught in the airport through the <laughs> ventilation system. <laughs> I have the worst luck in the world, but I also have a great <laughs> life. So, Legionnaires. but that's what it was. But I'll never forget that, that conversation yeah. and being honest about my, that was the first time I was honest about my drinking problem, especially in front of my father. Right. Uh, and I knew I had a problem.
1: When, how long ago was this?
0: That was 2017.
1: Sadly, you really it, grounded it out for another four fucking years. That's pretty impressive, dude. Yeah, dude. I, wow. Well, uh,
0: what did I do next? I bought a bar in Nicaragua and lived on the ocean and was a raging fucking alcoholic and piss tank for three years whilst I lived there and, and owned a bar and, and ran bars. Yes. It was free alcohol, dude. It's the best decision ever when you're an alcoholic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's you want to get as close to it as you can, right? But, but you're tough. <laughs> something earlier so four years ago you 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 pull the old uh uh oh uh people know now i got news for you they all knew the whole time but um you know then then you grind it out for another four years and you did you you literally think about this like i can see it in my head you literally left everything behind so that you could go and be close to the excitement around that right like that's yeah, that's how I would yeah, interpret. I did. Is that why? Like, was it like, hey, listen, I need to get everybody away from me and my drinking and my fun because this is my life. Is that why you did it?
0: There was a plethora of reasons why I left to go to Nicaragua and bought the bar. Um, I had been through that nasty divorce, as you know all about. Then I went through uh being engaged again and being cheated on three days after you put a ring on her finger, dude, that really hurt a lot. You know, um, just how much can a guy take in so many years? And I was just beat up. And I was also, while Right before we broke up, I admitted to her that it was the first time that it was going through my brain. I was doing, uh, I hate to admit this on my show because I I try to keep this shit on your show, but I'll be honest. I was fucking doing a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. And I was drinking excessively with this lady. Um, I think we were both masking each other's problems mm-hmm. and, and we were each other's crutch. And, and I finally realized that this isn't, this is, and and I admitted to her, I said, I have a problem. I didn't think I had a problem. I, I could shut off the cocaine whenever I wanted. That was never a problem. What I was starting to feel. And, and I was honest to her about was I'm starting to feel really really not well mentally and i think it's from the train incident and she looked at me and said oh shut up luther and just fucking put your big boy pants on and forget about it it was so long ago and and dude i'll never forget that conversation to this day because you know it it's it became real and i've been to therapy for it and and that bitch kind of hurt me a lot and so that's part of the reason I fucked off to Nicaragua and and just disappeared from Ontario and and went down there and did the 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 stuff that I did and I don't regret it. Uh, I I did hold on to my house. I rented it out for a for a profit, but all the profit that I made from my house renting it out, it was paid my mortgage and it paid for me to live in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. You know, and I used some. Some some wife money, ex-wife money to purchase the bar.
1: <laughs> boy, boy. Listen, here's the thing: is that <clears throat> here I, I have I have something, and I think that it's really difficult for a lot of people to understand. But what, what what's brought you to this point has been perfect. Do you understand that? Like, do you get that? Like, you and I have these conversations, and we're having one live in front of a whole bunch of people right Yeah, now. it's okay. But do you understand that all of the are just life like do you understand that today, or are you still trying to crawl out of your own perception of what you think you've become?
0: If if I were to sit here and tell you I'm fixed and cured and uh and I am um, ready to go, I'd be lying to you,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. But no, what I'm asking you is this is this is is do you believe that these things have all happened for a reason?
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it all stems back. And you asked me at the very beginning of this conversation, part of why, why do I want to quit drinking now and stuff? And, and the, and the main answer of of it all, 12 plus years ago, I was told by a psychic and I I never like to believe in these things, but this lady didn't know me from a hole in the ground. I did not partake in my wife, ex-wife and kid's, choire with with them i was i was a hundred meters away i was frolicking around probably looking for a drink somewhere and and then when i came back to grab them after they were done she came up to me and pulled me aside and said sir when you decide to quit drinking and do drugs something big is happening for you and, and i really see promising things for you in the future mm-hmm. that was 12 years ago Wow, and every I quit drinking for four months before I came on this journey. Quit quitting drinking got me on this journey, which I'm thankful for. It got me on your network, which allowed me to open up and be a whole brand new person. Mm -hmm. I know I struggle with my writing and grammar and stuff, but the (laughs) fact that I throw that shit out there, I know it's not grammatically awesome. Yeah, trust me, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Inside (laughs) joke. But I've really opened up and you've given me that platform, dude. And and whether you know it or not, you have helped me tenfold to not only give me this platform to, to be and and you've let me be me. And I know I annoy the shit out of you sometimes, but you've allowed me to do this. You've allowed me to grow. You've helped me to you've given me advice. You've never fucking thrown anything down my throat and said, Bonzi, do this, do this, do this. You've said, here, Bonzi, I offer you this advice. The the books, mm-hmm. the going to the AA. And listen, dude, every every time I quit drinking for a, a, a longer spell, the better the things happen for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And yep. proof is in the pudding. Tough, right? Like, like um, I, I think, you know, you have to go backwards. And... And I don't think people like you understand the mania that you love to live in. Like, you know, you've been living and I've known you for a while. Right. But you've been living this manic lifestyle, looking for something to fill this thing inside yourself that makes you feel restless, irritable and discontent. Yeah. The issue that a lot of people have when it comes to um, mental health is there's a breaking point for a lot of people in their th- late thirties, early forties, um, where, you know, you've had 40 years of cognitive therapy. You've had 40 years of doing whatever you want. You've had 40 years of good experiences and bad experiences. And so one day, um, you wake up and you're not happy and you're like, and I'm sure you've asked yourself this question. How the fuck did I get here? Like, how did it get this bad? How did, how, how did my relationship with my kids deteriorate the way it has? How did how, how am I divorced? How am I getting divorced? How am I broke? How am I this? How am I that? What happened? You know, and you said something earlier in this conversation, which a lot of people who, when they go down the road of trying to figure out whether or not they have something that needs to be worked on, is you said, you know, there's only so much a dude can handle, Right. That's yeah. where guys like me who have had the fortunate opportunity to be able to, you know, get sober or stop drinking and get into a life philosophy and talk about, you know, words and deeds matching. That's where a guy like me goes, I got you. I got you because I understand that what you do with alcohol is placate yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah like alcohol is and it's easy it's free we're told to do it in television commercials I don't have a problem with anybody doing it I don't fucking care about booze but when it comes to coping mechanisms that you have according to the cognitive life that you've led that is that is like the one thing that everybody tells everybody to do is go have a fucking drink right and that's fine for people that can have a drink so when you're in a fucking state of confusion and you're sad and you're miserable and you're pissed off and you don't know how you got to this point and you feel like an imposter in your own life because you're hiding shit from people who don't, you don't think that you know that you're fucking struggling. You're crazy. Right. Yeah. And really honest to God. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. When I think about the issues that people have, which are my issues, which are all the same fucking issues. We all have the same issues at this stage of our life. And the issues are wondering where everything went and why it went the way it did. And then you start getting resentful. And after you start getting resentful, you start fighting. And then you start telling everybody you're a fucking victim, right? And the the really fucking incredible part of, of life is ownership of life. It's not going through it getting shit. It's not going through it to say... I've achieved this or I've made this much money or I drive these cars. I've had all of it, dude. I've had yeah. all of it. I've made millions. I've had cars and cottages and boats and fucking trips. And my kids had the best of everything. Zero made me happy because once you get it, it's fucking gone. And you continue to try and fill that void. And then you turn to alcohol because you're like, fuck the shit that I tried to get for me, that this life and this, this world told me I needed to get to be happy. Didn't exist. There is no happiness there because once I got it, the fucking happiness is gone. And and so when when you're in that position where you feel like a victim and you feel like, you know, nothing in your life makes you happy. That's to me when someone like you and I know you so I can say this, uh, that's that's to me is when someone like you says something's wrong. I don't feel good. Things aren't working out for me. And, and where, where, where guys like you now will say, I need to invest in myself. i got to figure out what's bugging me. I got to get healthy. I've got kids. I've got friends. I'm a useful individual. I need to contribute to the greater good. That's when things change. It's literally honest to God. When you get to that point where you go, hold it, I've been fucking doing everything wrong for a very long period of time. And that desire to get out of that space and into change when that overtakes your desire to stay the same and think that you got it fucking nailed and you got it right. That's when you get better that. And and there's no other solution. Like listen to the fucking thing, Greg, there's so many people out there that like, I read this thing the other day. There's this, this drug that they came up with in South America that, that literally prevents you from drinking. Right. So when you drink, you take this drug and if you feel like you take it every day, and if you take a drink, you'll, you'll vomit violently. Wow. And I thought to myself, what a fucking joke. Like, what, what are, how are you teaching people how to live? Like, live. Dude, you're, yeah. we've, we lived dead for so long. And, and there are people out there that, and it's not the booze. Like, fuck the booze. I know you're in a journey and you're, you're and, and it's fucking really important because you need to get this out of your way so you can deal with you. But this is about putting things in your life, putting things in your day, putting things in your way that are good for you, man. they're they're good for you and they help you it's about learning it's about reading it's about educating empowering yourself it's about not judging people for the issues that they go through and living your best life like fuck dude there are two black dots in my life one at the beginning and one at the end and there's a whole bunch of playground in the middle yeah i don't feel like wasting that time and i did for a long period of time and the other thing is dude it, it like fuck how often how often do people walk around in ignorance, not even fucking knowing how to know what you're dealing with? Right. Yeah. And you have two choices. You can do the work to be a better human being. You can do the work to be happy. And that's literally all it takes is the work. But that one word seems to scare the fuck out of everybody. Doesn't it work?
0: but it's the hardest thing in the in the world. And whether we like it or not or want to admit it, um, you know, there's a plethora of other it doesn't matter if it's alcohol Dean, if it's food, if it's, if it's anything Mm -hmm. work to to anything to be, to be, uh, to, to get to where I am today on your show, to get, to be, to get this commercial deal. I started voice acting a year and a half ago when I was locked in my parents' basement and, and prayed to die. And also started voice acting at the same time. Now I'm, I'm flourishing in the voice acting pray to live till a hundred because i got so much more shit to do and people to entertain you know and it's funny how things change but this didn't come easy dean it wasn't like somebody said here you go bonzi all of a sudden you're going to be better and fine and it's it takes work mm-hmm. and the work is the hardest part
1: it is mm-hmm. well that, and i'm and that's, doing that bro that's, that's, and, and that's why i love you you know that's that's, uh, that's why I I'm proud of, I'm proud of you for, for lots of reasons. I mean, to step outside yourself and do something that's different or hard or difficult. Um, you know, there, fuck dude. I don't, I almost don't even know where to start because.
0: Uh, yeah, and do it all fucked up too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you but, know, let's <laughs> not a kid a kidder. You know, I, I did this. I, when I started, I was sober. Uh, when I got here, it didn't take long to hit the booze, dude. Because yeah. I was scared, I was nervous, I was like, "Holy shit, what did you do?" <laughs> yeah. You know, all of those things. I I made up, a mistake dude. in bringing somebody um, <laughs> that didn't work out, and that played a big part in my starting to drink. Um, but ultimately, I am the boss, and and I'm in charge of myself. So, and and I'm sad that it took three plus months to figure out on the road that I really fucking still had a problem and I wasn't dealing with it properly. You know, I tried to do it in Texas. I really tried. It took me to new, to new Mexico, Colorado. There was spurts. So I was great. And then there was spurts where I'd fail miserably and got wasted, you know, and, and, and the, the videos are evident, you know? Um, <laughs> so anyways, I'm proud of how far I've come. <laughs> And 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 now I really am locked in. My kids have been a huge help. Having mm-hmm. Brad on that trip, it, it, it uh, thats where it all started and coincided between you and him, and 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 just me, me, myself too. I will give myself a bit of credit. That's where it all started. It just came to an apex of of the three of us, really, and and uh, knowing that I needed to be better because if I continued to be a fucking piss tank, whilst doing this. This ain't going to work and it ain't going to last long. And I'll be back fucking slinging burgers at Burger King in Ontario. And I would, I would be back to swinging. I want to swing on a rope,
1: you know, maybe. And, and that might be, that might, that might be the case. I mean, you might be back in Ontario swinging burgers. You might, you, this, this whole trip might blow up. Um, something yeah. terrible might happen. Cause that's just life. You know, yeah. and I, I think that that is the biggest difference between me <clears throat> five years ago and me today is that, you know, I'm a practicing stoic, so I focus on, you know, a really fucking unmanageable world uh, in my response to it, to the things that happen. And I right. used to find and I could be I, I might be different, but like I. I used to wait for things to go wrong and, and it would trigger this thing in my head like oh, you need a drink then, you know, or, or there would be a celebration of sorts and i will be like, oh, let's have a drink. Like you really don't need if if you have a problem with drinking or if you've got a problem literally with self-esteem, you really don't need to hit yourself in the head with a bottle to give yourself another fucking problem. But we do. Right. Like the first thing you think of is how can I hurt myself when you get into a tight pinch If you are a drinker, like how many times have you done that? Like, you know, your girlfriend cheated on you or your ex-fiance cheated on you. That was like a green light in your brain, probably to get as fucked up as possible oh, and make yourself feel like absolute dog shit for at least a week. And everybody had to understand Bonzi's going through a tough time. Dean's going through, it. let him drink, let him do his thing. And you are literally not dealing with any of it. And any it. Of it. None of it. And then the resentment and builds up. And then you haven't dealt with what happened. And then you drink more. And then you do some Coke. And then you're yep. like, fuck you yeah. keep asking I'm it. Middle of fucking America. And I am in a mess, like a mess. And listen, it was perfect. What happened to you was perfect. But I've had a lot of time to think about it. <clears throat> a lot of time to think about it. And while other people might think I'm crazy, I think I've nailed why people turn into alcoholics. I think I have. And it's really fucking simple because we're scared. Yeah. We're walking scared people and we don't want people to know we're scared. So we develop this thing called the duplicitous personality where that scared guy is in there and you know, it's in there and you deal with it in the dark and on your own. And when you go out, you want you, you want to hide that guy from everybody because you know, that's who you are legitimately inside. And so you get as drunk as you fucking can, because you don't want to be in the reality of knowing that you're a scared little fuck. Yeah, reality well, sucks. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so I know you develop a, uh, this thing. It's it's like a multiple personality thing where what you present to people is this thing that you don't want them to see. It's like a it's like a fucking well, it is, It's a front. And duplicity means fraud. So you're trying to square this scared little guy with this person you're trying to show people, and it doesn't make any sense. And so how do you cope? You drink. And does it get better? Never. Never. It just never fucking gets better. I've never met anybody that's been down that fucking miserable road of addiction, whether it's alcohol, drugs, whatever, fuck, video games, food. It's it's all there. I mean, it's all there. Everybody's got yeah. something, right? Yeah, we do. Our thing is just booze, and yours is booze, coke, heroin, meth. Hey,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa! <laughs> uh, I have yeah, never, yeah. I have I'm done a... coke. I haven't done any of the other stuff.
0: No heroin. No meth. No nothing.
1: Love dog porn. Um, no, but like you, you, everybody's got something, and 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 that's that's the embarrassing part is that you know everybody's been told. That you're you're a fucking issue if you're an alcoholic, you're a fucking issue if you're a drug addict, you're an issue. No, you're not. No, you're not. You just fucking really stuck with it. <laughs> like you you <laughs> stuck with the stupid fucking thing that you decided <laughs> need, helped you. And listen, it does. Alcohol in the moment helps you until it stops helping you, right? That's what like stops helping you. Yeah. That's why that's
0: that's for me, Dean. That's you just nailed it. I when I start drinking in the morning, say it's a it's a, it's a bad day, morning. and I start drinking in the morning, oh, I fucking feel great the rest of the day. It's like, yeah. whoop, whoop, like right on. Yeah. All the problems are solved. Fuck it. We'll deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. And then tomorrow shows up, and there's no more booze left on the bus. And guess what? Why You know? Holy shit. Fuck, I got to deal with my shit. My yeah. own shit. Life reality mm-hmm. and and me included it's terrifying you're not kidding and, and you nailed it dude you nailed it i know <laughs> it's and, and <laughs> i know <laughs> so i know for I mean, me it and funny. it's anything
1: that it's, comes with by the way by the way me nailing that comes with some fucking heavy shit fucking up yeah right? it comes with yeah. it comes with me having to tell the truth all the time it comes with me making sure i do what i gotta do in the morning which is i get up i go for a walk do you want to know my routine bonzi i'll take you through my fucking routine this is my routine i get up at about five o'clock in the morning i come downstairs i make a coffee i check a couple of things on the site see if anything fucking blew up last night and then i go for a walk up (laughs) yeah i go for a walk for an hour and a half um, and I listen to some fucking deep shit. I listen to neuroscience podcasts. I listen to stoicism podcasts like the practical stoic, the daily stoic with Ryan Holiday. Because I'm a practicing stoic, I want to learn how to manage my response to the world. Then I come home and I have uh two glasses of, of water and I take my vitamins and then I go upstairs and I shower. And then I come downstairs and I read meditations by Marcus Aurelius, or I do my daily stoic meditation, which isn't meditating at all, it's just fucking saying this is what i want to do today what i want to do is i want to practice kindness i want to practice uh selflessness and i set that intention i want to be selfless and then the rest of the day as i'm working i audit my behavior as i go you know how fucking hard that is to audit your behavior as you go like i'm having conversations case in point today i go to my ex-wife's house to pick up the boys and i'm not a confrontational guy she comes out of the house she's blazing i got my kids with me and she wants to change all the plans that we had for the day. My son had a baseball game. Other kid had to go mix his record. He just um, just put out an album. So um, long story short, I changed my plans. And I decided that was okay because my kids need to see someone live it, not just talk about it. Yeah, And yeah. that's how I think now. I don't think in terms of fuck you, I want what I want. I think in terms of no, no, no. How can I help? Where can I fit in? And how can I be of service? And how can I show my kids and my family that I love them? And if my plans change and I can show them that with something so stupid, like, oh, tonight you're not going to a baseball game, you're going to drive your other son to go mix his record. And that just means I get to spend t- time with my son. I never thought like that before. I never had yeah. to audit my behavior before or situations on the fly. And if you're not sober, you can't fucking think that. Yeah, You can't. You? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can. so for it. For- so, but, and that's amazing that you've been able to make that change, dude, because, you know, back in the day, and we know your career on radio, you were, well, I don't, like, do you, I, and, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm t- you know, we, we've had a very heavy talk. This, yeah. this kind of, I knew it wasn't, I have a million notes and questions for you. We yeah. haven't touched on one of them because, and, and I, I, I don't regret that, it for one second. We've had an amazing conversation.
1: Yeah. Go ahead.
0: But, this this leads what you just said leads into back in the day you've changed so much dude from the guy that i listened to and everybody listened to quite frankly from from 20 years ago to 15 to 10 to 5 now you are a hundred percent different person than dean blundell from that 5 10 15 years ago 100 percent right
1: I don't know, man. I, you know, it's, that's a funny, it's a great question. Um, thank you for that question, Greg. I'll be happy to ask, answer it. <laughs> um, that's a great question. I don't think Greg. I expect perspective's changed. Um, I I used to, dude, radio was, was wonderful to me. Like, and I, I'm kind of the last dog that was in the golden age of, you know, when radio was it, like you couldn't. I agree with that statement yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, and and um i bought into it i bought into what i was i built my entire self-worth and my foundation on a really fucking healthy t4 slip uh a big bank account shit things keeping up with the joneses girls booze um and entitlement and i could have that because that's how people looked at me we we were incredibly successful what we did i thought you really were i thought i was owed i thought i was owed everybody's respect i thought i had just i had arrived i had arrived look at me but and now and I and question without without reservation i can tell you this. if I, I may what's that you earned that though
0: dean you showed up in toronto toronto i thought I, for my and it's in my head you show up in toronto um you were on radio briefly i believe in alberta and then went to to windsor yes mm-hmm. and and you know markets you were you were doing good and then you're in windsor and and all of a sudden whammo yeah. toronto comes a calling and mm-hmm. and it's where you obviously you're no dummy you knew that's the number one markets where you need to be for the re mi and and the 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 everything that comes with it and yeah. you were that guy dude you showed up in Toronto um Derringer I think was was on cue at the time and was killing it I can't remember uh it was uh Humble and Fred you came in and replaced them correct right and dude it didn't take long for your old Dean Bondell to get himself known in shit but a massive following all in within six months mm-hmm. you know yeah. That must have felt pretty awesome. It did. For one. And it, did. It, and, it, and it does boost your ego and make you feel like everything that you just mentioned. You are old shit. Mm-hmm. You, you did earn that fucking spec, you know, because you showed up and were the guy. And, dude, you were literally the Howard Stern of Canada. Yeah. For lack of a better comparison. But you And you got labeled pretty early in your career as a shock jock. Yeah. And I'll you just- killed
1: it. Loved it. I, 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 you know, and all of what you said is true.
0: And everybody (laughs) loved it. Not just you, dude. I was a massive fan. Everybody was a huge fan. I appreciate
1: that. And and, and, uh, it was awesome in its time. You know, like. It was? I I, I don't think about that time in my life that much anymore. Um, I think sometimes when I think about that version of me, I'd like to go back and slap myself in the face and say, hey, fuck, you're going to go through some tough shit and this is not how to get ready for it yeah but you well, know if we well, all had a crystal ball
0: <laughs> you know I mean, I, you can't do you I, look back and regret what you
1: did dean you know, over those 15 killer years on the edge not at all not at all it was perfect everything that happened in my life to this point is perfect everything that is taken yeah. place in this place has been perfect at and this is the thing you know like you think back to the things that you did and you think back to the person that you were when you were 28 and you're, I'm 48 now. So that's 20 years ago that I started at the edge. And, um, and I'm really proud of, of the numbers we generated. I'm proud of the longevity we had. I'm really proud of the effort that I put in to always grind because I did work my balls off, uh, things I'm not proud of, not listening to people who are having a tough time, uh, thinking I was more important than anybody else that did that job, putting myself ahead of other people, not not showing people servant leadership, not loving people through their tough times, dividing groups of people, shitting on people like uh, that didn't deserve to have their existence be minimized. Um, those are the things I look back on and I go, yeah, that that's immaturity, right? Like that's just context of its time, it's immaturity. But no, I was... I'm very, very fucking fortunate to have had the career that I've had specifically on the radio and to do it at that kind of high level. Like, you know, there's, there's one thing and I will, I will say this and it's, and it's, and it's hard to believe now, but radio is rated in ratings points, right? Like SharePoint yeah. Yeah. and, and in our demographic, which is the people that listen to us we're between the ages of 18 to 49, um, And they were mostly men. And so that was a demo that they told us to go after men between the. Yeah. Of course. Now you're lucky if you would get, if you were on the radio doing a morning show or an afternoon drive show, you're super fucking lucky if you got like a six share or a five share or a seven share was unheard of. Yeah. Men 18 to 49, we had a 40 share. 40 of the greater Toronto area. If you were a man. That's wild. Uh, Dude. I I mean, and, But hold it, hold it. That was wonderful. But what did I do with it, right? Like, Man. did I anybody's life better along the way? Sometimes. But who was I doing this for, and why was I fucking doing that job? And I did that job because that scared little fucking boy had to prove to everybody, who, who his dad was fucking rough with when he was a kid, that he was the guy. I had to show everybody Man. I was important because I never felt important growing up. Never, ever did. I always felt like I was a fraud. I, then that's why I was scared. And so everything, and I think back to it now, all that was a front almost like it was like this, this thing I was trying to show people and I used to love it. I used to know it technically in my head. I get in that studio and I can be, I can be that person that I want people to see for four fucking hours And then I have to deal with the rest of it for the next 20. No problem. They paid me a million bucks a year to do it. Easy to do for a million bucks a year. I can be anybody. Bucks. (laughs) Sure. I can do anything (laughs) anybody wants for that kind of money. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, when it's yanked out from underneath you and I got fired from the edge for doing great content, by the way, excellent content. When I got fired from the edge, I had no idea who I was. None. So now, then I went work at the fan, and that literally felt like getting my fucking teeth pulled every day. Was I, that
0: terrifying? It was the worst. Is the worst. So why why did you accept the job? I mean, Money. I was thrilled you did. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, and listen, and, and maybe I'm biased, but I didn't think and I've listened to the fan since I was a teenager. And I really didn't think that I never once listened to your show and go and went. <laughs> this format i you've always no matter what you've done and i've listened to you on the edge forever you you were hilarious and then you went to the sports thing you brought dean blundell i thought i thought it was a a pretty good because some of these sports guys are drier than fucking burnt toast you know what i mean uh and you brought characteristic to to it and a whole new thing but so why was it so terrifying for you just because wasn't. you had to talk for four hours a day instead of play tunes for the majority no. of it or what
1: no. i was i was game for that it, it was uh I, you know two things a i wasn't healthy you know i was still and i wasn't like when i say i was an alcoholic or i was drinking a lot i never drank during the week uh when i was working and if i wasn't yeah. game on but um so but i wasn't healthy i hadn't dealt with I was walking around with PTSD, had no idea, was diagnosed after I left the fan. I was walking around with first episode depression, had no idea. Um, but that was part of the process, right? Like when I left the fan, I was like, fuck this, I'm going to start a blog. So I start this blog and I'm uh, drinking the entire way through it, having a fucking uh, vodka soda at like 11 o'clock and blogging on back by the pool in the cabana, thinking I got it made. And I'm fucking miserable, miserable. Because all that shit that I did never got dealt with, not once. I just went yeah. from the fucking shitty situation to another. And if you've been in radio and you have, you know, there's not a premium on the mental health of people who work in radio. No. Like no. you treated as a fucking asset. To but the didn't the, sorry, go ahead.
0: But didn't you look at it in a way when you went home? Weren't you so goddamn proud of what? You had accomplished coming from Alberta to Windsor to Toronto. No. You made it. You were making millions. You were a huge deal right away, dude. You cost a ruckus in your yeah. first six months on radio. You've got you got fined, you know, um, the 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 C or whatever the C. I want to say CRTC, but it's CBSC. CBS. Thank you, CSBC. They came at you hard, dude. Right away, six months oh, yeah. in, was yeah. that? Did you just love that, or or were you like, oh shit, I better obviously I know the answer to this. You didn't slow down. <laughs> no,
1: no, it's funny because they would tell us to.
0: That must have been fuel to your fire.
1: Well, it was. It was like you would you would they would tell you you can't do this and you can't do that. And I would always pay. Oh, yes, I can. Lip service, no problem. And then I would go and do it the next day, but I would do it differently <laughs> so that they wouldn't have anything to to be upset about. But again, that was that's fucking immaturity, right? Like that's just a guy saying "go fuck yourself." I'll do it. But I did know more about what I needed to get done if I wanted to be successful than any boss I've ever worked for at the time. But what I didn't know is is that uh, it could come to an end, Greg. Yeah, yeah. All boom. Yeah, and and so. When you when you think about that and you go back and you look at the, the the history of my job and the history of the there's a natural beginning and an end to everything. Right. You know, there's a beginning and an end to life. There's a beginning and an end to every job. There's a, like the only thing we're guaranteed in this world is change. That's it. And yeah. so not embrace that change, which I didn't. And then to fucking feel like a victim, which I did and then not be allowed to talk about it, which I wasn't because I signed NDAs and they gave me a bunch of money just to shut the fuck up. Um, you know, it was like, I felt like I was bottled up. I felt like I I had been fucking labeled a homophobe by the company that, that fired me, which I was, they hired this company called high road communications in, and, the, and it was funny because I had a conversation with the old president, of Chorus a while after yeah. I was fired. And he's like, Dude, we railroaded you on purpose because we knew you'd kill us if you went somewhere else. We paid, we paid. They paid a company yeah. called High Road Communications. This is a true story. To to label me as a homophobe in the news so that they could not, so they didn't wouldn't have to pay the extent of my contract, and they could fire me with cause, and so they could ruin my reputation. So, uh, if and when I got on the radio again my reputation would be damaged or it would, might deter other people. This is what he said to me. We were trying to get you removed from radio in Canada. Wow. We won't paint you as a homophobe. And they did a great job. Like, yeah, if you listen to our show, you know that I'm not, you know, that I was never homophobic. Well, of
0: course. For but year. you still did get hired by the fans, so that must have been satisfying to you. In that aspect, was it? Was it a big kind of a F you to them, going, "Well, I still got another job"? Or were they still coming after you?
1: Mm. No, they didn't. No, they, they, when I when I left and we signed NDAs, it was like this agreement to say, "I'm not going to talk, and you're not going to talk." And right. Fuck off, and I'll fuck off. And, All right. But you know what? I, I hold no. That's the thing. Is that like I'm glad they did it. You know, now I look back on it and I'm like, I'm so fucking happy that I got fired from the edge. I am so fucking happy that I went through those experiences because I was looking at at their digital numbers. Uh, We do like a million and a half users a month at DeanBlundell.com. They do 50,000. 50,000. And. Their radio stations are... Sh- I mean, I don't... I feel bad for the people working there because I know they're doing their best. But the radio stations basically non-existent. Radio itself is like fucking eight tracks to me now.
0: Yeah, right?
1: Like, dude, you and I can do this. So
0: would you... If... if, if And me. May- Maybe it's a stupid question because money always talks. But if the number was there, would you ever go back to terrestrial radio? Or have you so fucking had it with that, that, that no number really matters because of it, the effect that it would have on your
1: happiness? I don't look at it like that. I, I look at, I look at everything, whether it's radio or TV and uh, I've had lots of opportunities to go back and really nice ones and good people that have said, Hey, you know, we, have we like the content that you're doing now and, and we'd love for you to come and do radio. And the answer is always the same for me is it, uh, I'm not doing just radio and yeah. I want to bring what I'm doing to a company. And we're having conversations with some radio companies now about that. Uh, but if, if I could do, and this is what is probably going to happen is, you know, the show that I do now mixed up a little bit with the guys that I do it with, There's interest to put that on terrestrial radio in some capacity on delay, Um, and if that that if that's a possibility, I'll do it. But no, fuck, dude. If someone said to me, "Hey, we just want you to come and do a morning show, (laughs) just want you afternoon drive, leave all the digital, uh, leave a million and a half digital users over there. Don't worry about them. We're not interested, I started this because I got a chance to actually fucking talk to people. I got a chance. to, difference i get a chance to 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 do content that is that they are fucking deathly afraid of on terrestrial radio because of yeah this because world they're
0: world. so censored
1: bingo yeah so the one thing that the radio stations love is their license right and they're so tied into this garbage organization called the crtc that they're deathly <laughs> afraid of them they're all run by a bunch of fucking losers so in my yeah. estimation, is that and, and and listen i i try to work on my humility but we're too big for radio Like we can't,
0: I agree.
1: I agree. Take You know, 70 podcasts and hardworking individuals and say to them, listen, radio station wants me to go and do this antiquated fucking work in this stupid fucking signal. And so all of you guys are out of work. No one has a place. That's not me, man. I, I didn't create this. I was desperate. I created this because it's an answer. This is an answer for everybody that, doesn't think the fucking world we live in and the content we create um is good enough for because it's not like fuck have you listened to the radio yeah when
0: couldn't tell you couldn't tell you
1: i i my kids i turned on the radio the other day my kids are like literally what is this (laughs) yeah it's foreign to them it's so weird 15 year old said Dad, you used to be on the radio. Eh? was that like cheesy. <laughs>
0: hilarious. I always thought when I was on radio, my kids would always look up to me, and go, oh wow, my dad's so cool. He was on radio. They're like, fuck yeah. Lou, what radio? What the hell is that? You mm-hmm. know, now that they're old enough, they're they're your son's age. So yeah, hilarious. So, dude, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you because fuck I and I I didn't want to bring it up, but but I have to. Go ahead because I've been asked a hundred times to ask it will you talk about Todd and what happened because you guys had an amazing relationship it worked and and I guess I it's a two-part question I want to know why and how it worked so well for so long but then everybody wants to know what the fuck happened ego so can you talk about that and
1: yeah yeah. I mean look at areas. this
0: picture like look at those two young bucks
1: stallions. Yeah. That was the top choice award for best radio program. Well, Toronto. dude, you guys were. You were, and you guys yeah. were. You two Makes
0: peas true. in a pod. Yeah. You, He he was, and not to be rude to Todd, but he was your Muppet. He yeah. literally did and said what you wanted to do, and he was great at it. And, and it built his career, and, and he shouldn't be upset over that. Um, you guys just gelled together, and Todd was that guy that was willing to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it worked. Yeah. But after so long, I guess you know, <laughs> nothing's ever perfect. With will you do what happened, dude?
1: But a lot happened. I, I think it's best summed up as ego. Um, ego is a killer, man. And yeah. and we both had egos, you know, like, yeah, for sure. He Had an ego, I had an ego. I chose to take offense to the way he operated in the end. Uh, he took offense to the way I operated in the end, and it was all about it was all you know, it was just selfish. I was selfish, I, I would say, you know, and, and he would have to, he would have, yeah, I haven't talked to Todd in years. Um, and I'm, I would be happy to talk to him. Uh, I think he's like he owns a mushroom company or something like that now, I'm yeah, just- he does. Um, and I'm really happy for him. Like he's got a wife. I think he's got a kid or one on the way or two kids. I'm not two
0: kids. Yeah.
1: Um, and I'm really, really happy for him. I, I, I dude, I wouldn't have what I have now if it wasn't for him and Jason
0: who we were. Yeah, for. for sure. Jason Barr.
1: Um, but life changes, people become different. Um, the pressure involved in doing a daily radio show for four hours a day, in the biggest market in Canada and one of the biggest in the world and to be stay in the place that we tried to stay. Um, you know, we worked hard for it, but we also, also, I think developed these shitty fucking attitudes. I know I did, um, that everyone had to kowtow to the way I wanted things done. And, And, um, and we got in a mass fight one morning and it was over like literally $750 for a TV show that was in, in they, they were going to film a TV show around the morning show and they just started filming and Todd refused to do it unless he got like 750 bucks because he thought that I got 750 bucks. It was the weirdest shit I've ever seen. What? Said. Yeah. And, 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 and instead of me, you know, quietly explaining to him, I lost my fucking mind in the green room. Um, and he didn't come back to work the next day and refused to come back to work till I apologized. And they came up to me and said, Do you want us to fucking fire him because his contract's up and we won't have to pay him out? And I'm like, Go ahead. So, um, and I regret that. that that's one of the things I regret because I know it affected him greatly. Um, yeah. and and I can say that now because I'm fucking years removed from it. But, right. but having said that, you know, like you I know, said know, before, before. before, my life is so my much life better so much because he's in it. Was in it. Yeah, I mean? you know, my life is better because he was in it. Um, it, it. You know, relationships change over time. I think the world of 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 what we created and what we created together. Um, but it's just fucking like, dude, the one thing that changes all the time. Seven
0: seven hundred and fifty bucks ruins an amazing career that you guys have kind of blows my mind um and DaCosta says you know that's lame and and it really is so you know and it and obviously Dean it, you and I are, are no dummies it, when you're with somebody for so long I think I think obviously it came to and you you hinted or talked about it in you, w- leading up when answering the question was I think the egos the everything I think it was more than 750. You know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, where all good things come to an end. And and Todd wanted his, I think because you were the star of the show, it was Dean Blundell. And maybe it was just Todd's time to, it, it is, to, dude, to this day, it sucks that it, it, it that's the story. It's, it's kind of mind numbing actually, but yeah, I know, right. You know, <laughs> and the fact that you guys don't even speak to this day is, is kind of upsetting to me as a fan of, yeah. Back in the day and the other people, for sure. Um, so, and I will ask this. During your time of sobriety in the four years and stuff, in the 12-step with AA and stuff, how, how come you haven't had a conversation with Todd?
1: Well, we have. I just haven't talked to him in the last four or five years we we, we've gone for which is since you've been sober
0: though dude so
1: oh since i've been sober no it's just you know what it's because this has been my focus like you know my focus has been investing in me my focus has been learning about how to drop my ego one of the fucking best books i've ever read i sent it to you i know that you've listened to it it's called ego is the enemy yeah and and a buddy of mine sent it to me uh, and I was pissed off when he sent it to me. I'm like, what the fuck? Who do you think you are? Tell him. He's like, just read it. <laughs> right. And, it's, few years go, it. and, and uh, it's a book by Ryan holiday. He's got a, a trilogy of books that talk about it gets, that was kind of why I got into stoicism. It talked about, you know, literally ego being death, like nothing, right. nothing, nothing ever good, good comes from ego. And if you, if you listened earlier in the conversation where I talked about how important I was, or I thought I was to the process, um, You know, it, it, it was all ego. It was all fake. It was all, you know, fucking not sustainable. And none of that ego is not sustainable. It's like, you know, how many times have you said, yeah, I'm going to go down to, I'm going to go to this and I'm going to crush this. I'm going to fucking shoot 72. I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm going to do this incredible thing. Watch me. That's all fucking ego. You know, or I used to say all the time, I'm the best radio guy who ever turned on a microphone. It's not true. Yeah. That's not true. I just worked as hard as I fucking Pretty possibly close, could. Well. well to put myself in a position to be said. Like ego has absolutely nothing to do with success ever, ever. It's the opposite. It is the first thing that fucking goes. It is the second your ego starts to make decisions, and the second you start thinking that you're above doing the work of being a fucking good human being, you're done, dude.
0: Dean, would you change anything looking back and having that crystal ball and changing the career you had and what you did? I mean, you have to have that ego. You have to have that that oomph in you and to, to be the top guy to continue to, to be to make the millions and and be that guy. No, it's got to be somebody,
1: you know, Bonsie, Bonsie. Why? Why? But why do I, why do you have to be that guy to make the millions? And what do you do with the millions when it's got, I have money. I I had the most miserable I ever was, was when I was at my Zenith when people were bringing me coffee in the morning and, and they were scared to put it down because they were afraid it was going to make a noise. I liked that. I liked having people fear me. And what did it get me? It got me fucking lonely and miserable. Like, you know, like you, you can't, you, you, you cannot equate there's just I'm gonna explain something to you real quick there's something called the hedonic treadmill right it's this effect uh and it's based in hedonism hedonism is a philosophy where you can go out and get whatever you want anytime you want it's all about you right go out and fill your boots with all the excess and all the shit that you want people really do live like that and they believe that's the best way to live it isn't but all I did was ride that fucking treadmill over and over and again, you know, get more ratings. Okay, I got the ratings now. That means bigger paycheck. Okay, now I got a bigger paycheck. That means you can buy another Mercedes. Go ahead and buy the Mercedes. Buy a cottage, get a boat. Uh that means you can go on vacations. That means you can bully your way through the health system. That means you can I mean it is fucking incredible. Um the external valuation I put on things that didn't matter. Right. And if you have an ego and you work hard to get those things when you get them only one thing will happen. It's over. You got it. Then what? Then you're still sad and you're still that hurt little dick that walks around trying to convince everybody you're something you're not. You make these stupid fucking definitive statements about how great you are or fuck that. I'm going to wreck that guy. I'm going to end that guy's career. Like the, 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 the shit eating I've had to do over the past four years, (laughs) Because I've run into all these guys like Jay Michael yeah. Mad Dog, if you, you know who Mad Dog is. I used to I was merciless about him because I hated competition and I wanted people to fear me. I talk to him a lot now, and he's a wonderful guy. And I'm like, and I've had to apologize to like 400 people over the past year. It's called making amends, and it sucks, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, it sucks going back and going fuck. I thought I had it figured out, and I was a total prick about the whole thing, and. I'm sorry. And, and when you get to the point where it, like, and there's lots of people that I've apologized to where they're like, I don't forgive you. And I'm like, yeah, I did my best, but it fucking for the first year when you're making amends and living amends, you're like, I got to fucking make this right. I got to make that right. And that, and, and, and that in itself has been worth the price of admission.
0: Does, yeah. It must feel super to. I know it's hard to say sorry to a hundred plus people, but when you yeah. do it, and it's like going running. Like I didn't want to go run five k before the show today, but Old tubby needs to drop pounds, and it's something you do. But when you do it, it feels fucking awesome, right? So that right. must have felt pretty good to make amends after all that. That's that's stress up here. It's stress in your heart, you yeah. know, to get that off your body, dude. You've made leaps and bounds. Mm. How how awesome is it? And, and be honest, you've. You you were 20 years, 15 years on, on uh the edge, the, the fan, and then poof, you 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 admitted earlier that the carpet was pulled out from under you, dude. You mm-hmm. struggled. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but one day ha- take us through how this all happened and where you're at now, dude. You uh DeanBlundell.com, the Dean Blundell network is it, it went from this. I think you uh, I saw a video where you said uh, I think three or four people were watching and it was the first time you talked into a microphone in forever. And now, dude, Monday to Friday, people cannot wait for 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see Dean Blundell with James DeFiori with Lachlan Cross. And and proudly myself once a week or sometimes twice, dude. It's 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 mind numbing how far you've come. How amazing does it feel?
1: Uh how amazing does it feel? I am, I'm grateful. You know, uh, I think that's the only way to describe it. Is I am so grateful that people want to work with me <laughs> after all that. Like yeah, I'm so grateful right that. I'm thankful people trust me with their content. I'm thankful people believe in our vision of, you know, giving people a place to do content and having that content be independent and fact based and not biased. Um, I'm grateful that we've got 70 podcasts in our network now. We started with Amazing. one. Um, Amazing. I'm grateful- grateful that uh sound off communications or sound off media is part of what we do and we're part of what what they do we just will announce a a new partnership with a company called SoCast in the next couple of days i'm grateful for that those people want to work with us and they believe in our vision of um of of improving media for people in this country because this isn't just a blog i don't think anymore i I think this is more about i agree And I think it's It's, about building a community. So I'm. It it is a
0: community. It's a lifestyle and, and, and we, it's a family dude. And you laugh, but I mean, even the people watching the comments that are coming through for their, they're all family, dude. Um, and I feel part of it. And and what's funny is it took me to sell my house. I don't know if you know this, but you, you had a a blue microphone, which sponsors your show. Great, great company, by the way. Um, they they had a you had had a contest through them to be part of your Dean Blundell network. I I had just started podcasting uh, outside of this show. I sent him what I thought was a stunner, and it never got a sniff. <laughs> <laughs> and then it took me to sell my house and all my belongings and text you and go, Dean, uh, crazy nuts here. Sold his house and everything he owns and bought a forty five foot bus. Are you in? And you are like, now nah, I'm in, son. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, I, dude. And that's, I, I love this. Like, I love the fact that, that, um, like you're, you're, you're a content factory because you're fucking insane. Um, I love showing people those things. I, I don't think that there's anything better, anything more entertaining than real life. I really yeah. don't. That's why I, I have a really hard time when I talk to people about going back into radio. And I had a conversation with a guy last week. He's like, you could do this and you could do that. I'm like, that's not real dude. Like none of those conversations, (laughs) none of those bits, none of those things. And then there's a place for them all. But like, you know, you, you, you have this ability that not many people do to just be the, you know, honest and tell the truth. And, um, and that's more real to me than anything else. And, and, and so uh, that was easy. And when, when you make a commitment like that, you're going to fucking go on the road and I already know you're a fucking total snap show. Of course I'm going to say yes. (laughs) That's entertainment. Dude. That's the greatest yeah. entertainment is watching someone. But what I didn't know is it, and this is what I didn't care about before is that it comes with friendship. You know, it comes with, yeah. with this, with the, with a, with a, with, a, with a, a relationship with people that make me a better person. Um, and if I can help those people, then I'm helping myself like that. Go going back to the booze, you know, living out of self is the fastest way to get better. Yeah. and, And, um, I love that. I love having phone calls with guys that struggle or people that are having a hard time. I also love talking to people about how we can help make their life better or help them with their work projects. And I don't ever ask anything in return. Like I don't want anything in return because I know that the altruism of what I'm doing is the right thing to do. And and I also know it's got a great, you know, there's a great gap in the business plan that we have that we are focusing on. And, um, we've got a bunch of other things that we're doing, but you know, if someone said to me, what do you want to do is I, I just want to open up doors for other people now. And and I also want to continue to do the kind of show that I love to do. Like today, when we had you on, we had Dr. Yeah. Mario on, you know, literally batting down anti-COVID shit for an hour and a half. But we had fun doing it. Those yeah, things we are really did because they're part of the making the world a bit of a better place. And honest to fucking God, that's why we're here, dude. Yeah. Like we're, and we're here to take part in the greater good and to love each other, and to help each other. And we only work when we do that.
0: It's funny because we you know for and and my parents are a prob- part of this and probably your parents who are the same age because we are or are close to it. They live and die by CNN, CNBC, all that bullshit, dude. But the real world is is here and now with you Dean and and on my show. We're we're real, we're honest, we're raw. You don't talk any guff, you don't take any guff. And and it's real and honest and in your face. Guff. And then it's it's facts. And that's what works. And dude, it's working for you, bro. You laugh, but
1: it is. I'm laughing that you said guff. I haven't heard no. guff in like Jesus. When was the last time I heard guff? I was front of the grade? eighth grade. No that's guff, a great bro. Word, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it, man. I like I, I, I really do. I, I really enjoy um I enjoy what I do more than I've ever enjoyed what I do. And, you know, just, just by taking a, a, a healthier approach into this, like not what's in it for me, but how can I help other people? Um, it's worked right. If I had yeah. just done this for myself, if I still was selfish Dean and I decided that, um, my shit was more important than your shit or that my sense of entitlement, um, overtook everybody else's right to enjoy themselves. um, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd probably be working at UPS, which is fine. Um, But literally, the only thing that's changed about me, you asked, you know, I've changed so much. I, I really haven't. I still feel like I'm the same person. I still get pissed off about the same things. I still get angry about the same things. I still am happy about the same things. But instead of going up, down, up, down, I'm like this now, dude. Because... I get it because it's it's that's what this life gives you when you are i think when you are focused on
0: oh i don't maybe his phone died i'm not sure but <laughs> oh live shows all of a sudden i was i popped up on the screen i thought my producer old glassy was like oh I'm just going to show monty and it's pretty little flowing air in the wind but no we lost dean
1: uh oh he's back here we go yeah i'm back i'm back sorry but that's that's what this life. Sorry about that. That's what this life gives you um, when you when you are not on that hedonic treadmill, when you're focusing on internal gratification instead of external gratification. And I think when you when you truly do your best for other people, when you don't just say, yeah, yeah I got you or, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you when you're when you return a phone call or you listen to somebody that's having a hard time or um, or, or you, you just focus on doing the right thing. You know, I was never really concerned about the right thing before. Now I am, but yeah. it works.
0: It does. And, and it has worked for you. Listen, I, you, you've graced me with so much time. I, I know you are old and, and this is way past old. Fuck, you. Time. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, dude, I got a bunch of balls.
1: Like I'm 48. You're a hundred years older than me. And Dude, look how fresh
0: up. I look. Uh, I'm I'm oh, yeah. I've seen old pictures of Dean and I've seen old pictures of me. I think we're both doing pretty good, Mister. We're one Not year bad. apart. Yeah. I don't have the flow up top that you do, but I got I the know. nice flow in the back.
1: I think Anyways. they call what you got. No, listen, I think they call what you have a skullet <laughs> Pretty much. You <laughs> want to see you it? You have uh, a skullet Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm that embarrassed, but Fucking huge flow in the back. So what about the top? That's <laughs> why <where> we're at. <laughs> you summon a bitch.
1: Holy fuck. That is uh, awesome. dude. Rock that
0: shit. That's dude. I'm not like... afraid. Fuck. Who cares? Well then stop it is the fucking her. Well, I was gonna show up on the show the other day. Where's my other my Sally Jesse Raphael glasses? Or uh, oh, here they are. I was gonna show up on the show the other day like this. And I would, cause I knew it was going to get your attention. Cause nothing I, everything I do is I was just going to show up like this <laughs> with, with, the, with the flow in the wind, you know, and the sound. desk <laughs> holding back the, the look at that size of that fucking forehead. Jesus Christ almighty. It's anyway, like a 12 like, head. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's still thick up there though, dude. I got something.
1: Yeah. You know, I think or <laughs> not yeah, I think you should probably listen. I've given you. A I don't know what advice. to do with it, dude. What do I, I do, do with it? I do, I do. You gotta fucking get rid of it all, man. You you can't yeah. listen. This is this is me talking to you off air. Do what you want with your hair, because I think you're a fucking rock star, no matter what you do. But I think generally speaking, if you had a day job, you would want to yeah. shave that. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm I'm this close to, as you know, and and I got a this small gig well i shouldn't call it small it's 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 three or four months away but i landed it yesterday but for i i'm this close to finishing my reel which then involves getting an agent which then involves getting headshots and you can't really the headshots wearing a fucking scramble golfing hat or whatever you know
1: if there's a show and you
0: can't really go like this either i don't think but
1: if there's a show. show If you, if you get into acting as is, is it sounds like you are getting into it and, and they need a guy to play like, you know, a, a, an Appalachian mountain, an Appalachian mountain pig fucker.
0: Hey, that's the best about, about part, part about Bonzi. I can do it all, dude. I'm ambidextrous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'd be great. You'd be great. Deliverance part two. Bonzi lead role. No problem. Get the skullet going. You're fucking awesome.
0: I just watched that movie for the first time one week ago. Terrifying. True story.
1: Yeah. When they were giving it to Ned Beattie, I remember watching it with my dad, and my dad's like, great fucking movie. I'm like, they plugging him in the ass? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was like 12. Uh, <laughs> right. that guy in the ass? He's like, yeah, man, that's the mountains. Don't ever go into the mountains. So for years yeah. after that, we drive through the mountains to go to BC. I'm like, Dad, don't stop the fucking car. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Taylor. <eye-tailing her. laughs> anyway, dude, thank you for oh, having listen, me. Dude,
0: dude you I uh, I am thankful for you. You've been so open and honest. Uh for that I'm thankful for everything you've done for me, the platform that you've given me for Bonzi Live, tripping with Bonzi, this whole madness. And the most importantly, Dean, the the just the guidance of with the alcohol help and life in general. Dude, I love you. I, too, I can't thank you enough. And, and I really am appreciative of everything you have done for
1: Greg bond, Bonzi, Bonzi. Listen here. Th- thank you. That's wonderful. You're doing all the work. I didn't do anything. I just, I just fucking open my mouth a couple times and open a door to you do all the work. That's the crazy part. And I hope people get that out of this conversation is that you can have people yes. in your life that make a difference from time to time. You can hear things that matter, but unless you do the work, like Bonzi's doing and listen progress not perfection bro like you fucking yeah. slip up you slip up don't beat yourself up i know you've got a problem with guilt maybe you fucking i do. You, i know you got a real problem with guilt like that's the shit that eats away at you and if you yeah. keep this up that Come guilt old. disappears it i will.
0: thought you hated me this past weekend when you took my post down and and you weren't speaking to me and stuff and you're like oh your post talk dude i was like Dude, I It almost made me want to just go to the bar and smash alcohol
1: because I was like, hey, yeah,
0: HB, I guess, I'm going to get fired. Smart. Fuck. What, yeah, what no. did I do?
1: <laughs> no, I beat myself up good. a lot, dude. Believe me. Well, yeah, don't just. It, and and here's how you stop doing that. There's no good or bad in my day. Not one thing that's good or bad. The only and and, and I mean that in terms of experiences, it's all good. And the reason why it's yeah. good. Is because you're continually evolving and you're learning how to be a better person, different human being. So all of these bad things that you think happen, like when I took your post down because the spelling was fucking atrocious, and then I sent you a note. And I'm like, dude, the spelling is so bad, I couldn't put it up. And I'm yeah. no spelling. Off.
0: Um, I put it in a program, and it was bad. So I, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: it's just super bad. <laughs> it was bad. And that was after I spent an hour trying to fucking fix it. <laughs> so, but. But dude, don't worry about, you got to do you, you got to do your life. Don't worry about little mistakes you make. Cause those mistakes are the best way for you to fucking grow up and learn.
0: For sure. And I'm learning every single day, my friend. And, uh, oh, and, and alcohol too, is I'm learning every day to, to abstain from it, stay away from it, talk to you, go to meetings, talk yep. to other friends. And, uh, I'm a better person without alcohol and, and, and for a really? long time, Dean, I never believed that. I thought I needed alcohol to be funny, bonzy and life of the party and stuff, you know, and I'm really, have really come to learn that doing this show sober was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Cause I only knew to do it wasted in my parents' basement, then my house. And then when I made the decision to quit drinking the first time, yeah. I, it was it was weird, but now it's second nature, dude, and, and I don't get scared anymore. I don't have the butterflies, and, and and I get to have awesome conversations with people like you. Me too. Me too, and I'm thankful for that, brother. I love you. And I love you. That's Dean Blundell, folks. That was a treat. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to him. It's pretty real, raw, honest, like I said. Uh, I hope I didn't disappoint Thanks again to Dean Blondell from the Dean Blondell Network, formerly of 102.1 The Edge and the Fan 590. And I'm pretty sure, oh, well, I'm not pretty sure, I know 100% that he is so thankful that those days are over. Now, I'm sure he was thankful for those days, got paid pretty damn good, to be honest with you. Um, but he's so much more free now. And, you know, he's alcohol free four years. He gets to do his own thing. He has his own network. I think we have 70... There's 70 of us on there now that are all part of the, the network, and, the, and, we're, and we're a team. We're a family, and it's awesome, and it's because of guys like Dean. So I thank him uh, for the opportunity to be part of that, and I thank him for taking the time to come on uh, my show tonight and the Bondcast. Take care. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. I was going to say go get vaccinated, but really, who am I to tell you what to do? I don't really have that authority, and nor do I want to be that guy. Stu so you gotta do, be safe, love one another, love yourself. That's the Bondcast. You take care. Yo, pip pip. Yeah, yeah I sat in a tree to watch a sunset. I drink from the bottle when I get upset.